How is your earphone sounding? Okay. Does it sound all right? Does yeah. It normal? Okay. It's weird listening to my own voice. It is That's weird. Well, you don't have to have it? them on. Okay. It's just to have. It makes it, it help. He doesn't yeah. like to wear them because it messes his hair up. It fucks yes. my hair up. So. I mean, your hair always looks. Pr- every photo <laughs> I've perfect. seen with you, I don't think I've seen it ever like a hair out of place. Oh, it's like that in person too. You got yeah, it, cut it is. Too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I sorry did. I didn't buy your birthday present. Oh, shut up. I Listen, feel bad now. I, I forgot you like like things. To as much as like. I, I know. I talk to this bitch like every goddamn day. And she is the one person who shows up anything for empty-handed. Not even a card. Not <laughs> a flower. Nothing. But I think that's how it works when you're like best friends. I know somebody, that's right? what I said oh, to that's him. True. That's true. I was just trying to explain to him, but honestly, that's I because just we're like, like best friends. Her feel bad because it's fun for me to make yeah. her feel bad, and that's it. Yes. I don't honestly, really like care. I don't buy. I I don't. Yeah. Wait. When was your I birthday? Don't do yesterday. yesterday. Oh. Yeah, I know. You were just at the jewelry show. I know I could have got you jewelry. Mm. Fuck. You could have given me something from the show. I you could have should have bought something from Everest. See, <laughs> and that would have been nice because then I could have <laughs> said I've nice. got one of your things from for my birthday from. See, is this the cold open? This yes. Sucks. Oh, I'm leaving this. In. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna humiliate <laughs> you in front of everyone. God damn it! Okay, I'm gonna do a birthday redo. I know you're not I'm allowing here. it, but I don't care. I don't. I don't care at this point. I love you. Okay. This is very so mad. I can see it. Start the show. Let's start the podcast. (laughs) I really didn't realize I was walking into like the birthday drama. No. Do you see all these flowers here? That's none of them them. are from me. Not one of them was from her. Anyway. They should have. Meanwhile, by the way, by the way, meanwhile, uh, I was. Taken out to lunch by Tess Sholem yesterday for my birthday. We stopped by Jennifer Gandia's. Jennifer Gandia, I walk into that shop. I go and I point at a trove box, yeah. which are expensive. And she just gave it to you. No, and I was like, oh, I'll come back later this week and buy it because I need a new jewelry box. And then I arrived back at my apartment, up the elevator via messenger came that box. That's Jennifer Gandia. That's Damn, a friend. That's oh. good. That, by the yeah. time I was home... There was a gift waiting for me. Wow. I yeah. Know. And by the way, but before that, she already had sent flowers earlier that day. I saw there were yeah. two flowers. Then, there. Yeah. Yeah. There were two cards. There you her. go. Thanks, Jennifer, for yes. making me look. Fun. Actually, I'm thank blaming you, Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway. Okay, welcome to Rough Cut. I'm JB Jones. I'm Alan Seamich. And today we have a very special guest. Everett Hoffman is here. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what I just like, walked into. Yeah. <laughs> we just got done fighting about Alan's birthday. Part of it you probably just heard because yeah. that's probably the cold open. And it was a big milestone too. I turned 24. I know. It was, it did end in They're the four. That. I'm not laughing about it at all. He couldn't even no, help it. I know. No he was comment. like 24 <laughs> my ass. Have, wow. You look great for a 24 How old are you? Uh, can you, we talk about that? Is I mean, that we rude? can. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm 33. <laughs> okay, you look okay. really young. Really? Yeah. I've got like, I mean, I've like got gray hair now. I don't I know don't if know. it's, I think it's a stress thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, because <laughs> I was like going to say, uh, I talked to a 20-something yesterday mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my God. You're so young. Like it's so different now. It is very to, different like, now. To like see I'm people that are that young. But like okay. it is very very. Different. And you're like 
whoa, youth. Like that comes into my head, like youth. Something you never like, think it's so they're, God they're, they're for me. Strange, especially when we meet like young designers and that sort of thing. And they're stood in front of me and they're like these 19 year olds. And you're like, and I'm like, why well, don't even remember what that's like? What is this? It's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I think like 26 and under, I'm like, wow, I'm still wowed by now. You're like yeah. shook yeah. by that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they Shock. live like online. No, like, yeah. Like, I've, I don't know. They well, don't. they're also all like mental because of that. But yeah, that's a yeah. different thing. That's a different problem. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. Okay, I'm going to read Everett's bio real quick uh, yeah. to kick this off so everyone knows who he is. Um, I'm just going to read it. Everett Hoffman is a cross-disciplinary artist, curator, and writer currently completing a three-year residency at Penland School of Craft, where he lives with his partner, who also is an artist. This is true. Yeah, Adam Atkinson. He yeah. makes some really, really great work. And um, also a very a mixed media artist and jeweler as well. Nice. Amazing. Lovely person. Um, and their dog, Clementine. And who our, I've never met Clementine. Well, and we also have another dog now. So we have oh, our dog, do. Clementine, and Felix. <laughs> oh my Amazing. God. Don't tell Felix he's not in this bio. <laughs> <laughs> he received his MFA from Virginia Commonwealth University and a BFA from Boise State University. He has completed residencies at Aeromont School of Craft and of Art and Craft and the Baltimore Jewelry Center. And you're a writer, too, which I didn't realize. Yeah, well, I've, yeah, I've had, I've had some stuff published in Metalsmith. I know, you, I you've see never that. Read Art it? Jewelry Forum. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good call. <laughs> Alon, have you read it? <laughs> yes, of course I have. I read all of the stuff. I did not really. Yeah, yeah, no, I read all of them, every, everything, yeah. And he's exhibited at the Virginia Museum of Contemporary Art, Contemporary Craft Museum in Pittsburgh, Soil Gallery in Seattle, and the Benaki Museum in Athens, Greece. Um, and there's no mention of Jewelry Week in here, but there isn't. yet you have been in Jewelry Week. <laughs> I have been in Jewelry Week. And I also should probably mention that I'm represented by Sienna Patty. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because that's not on the list. And if she Sienna's going to wow. call us yeah. if we don't mention. Wow. Well, that's so. cool. Yeah. I did know you were represented by Sienna, which is a, a huge thing. That's cool. So why are you so ungrateful? Everett. That's my first question. Um, <laughs> I mean, my, my voice cracked there. Welcome to New York. <laughs> Why did, um, updating your website is difficult. It's, a, it's time. It, it's, is, it is a thing. It is also like the last thing you want to spend your time on. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you're in town because you're at the Mad About Jewelry show at Mad Museum. Which is happening right now. Right? Yes. Which features, I don't know, something like 40... 40 or 50. Yeah, it's a huge number. But Massive show. you are certainly a rising star in the contemporary jewelry field. I hear your name all the time. Thank you. Uh, my partner, Bella, is always promoting you as well. But your work is so fun and so interesting. And you make jewelry and non-jewelry yeah. objects, sculptures. Yeah, I get, that's a good way to put it. Jewelry yeah. and non-jewelry. Non-jewelry, yeah. <laughs> the whole world is centered around jewelry here. <laughs> And this is like barely at this point a jewelry related podcast too. So. I mean, it's going to be us. a true crime podcast soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very that's soon. True. Very soon. So we're going to work on that. We'll work yeah. on that. Our listenership will finally skyrocket after that. But let's yeah. talk about your work. Explain uh, to our audience what it is you do and talk a little bit about smiley faces because that's a well, big, big part. Before we get into of that it. stuff, I, yeah, th I would like to start with a slightly broader conversation mm -hmm. about. Sure. Contemporary yeah. jewelry, uh, craft jewelry, what does that mean? What is that? Our, our audience is super fine jewelry centric, mm -hmm. right? And I, as a person, I first to admit, I know very little about your world. Mm -hmm. So take me to your world. 
Yeah, you want to... Yeah, I mean, uh, contemporary art jewelry, or um, I guess like in Europe, they call it studio jewelry. Mm. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's very separate, I think, from the world of like, you know, high-end jewelry or industry is, yeah. jewelry. Um, and and you it's know, frankly also often like, poo-pooed by those people too yeah and i think that it, that goes both ways yes. like in our jewelry it's like poo-pooed to you know work in industry sometimes and yes. that's actually like it's interesting because that's how i got my start um mm. so i when i first got out of undergrad my undergrad degrees in like jewelry design mm -hmm. and so i started working for uh blue nile with, um, in seattle oh, really yeah so okay. i was working as a jeweler for them um, interesting and so at that time, it was like the largest online retailer of wow. diamonds. I think it probably still it, is up there. Yeah. yeah. And so um, from there, I, I went and started working at uh, another kind of custom high-end jewelry shop in Seattle um, called Green Lake. And that's where I started doing a lot more work in um, kind of like stone setting and like doing kind of pave work um, and, you know, working in like platinum and gold and kind of being in that world. And so I, I think... You know, I'm one of those people who's like have a foot, I think, in both worlds okay. at certain times. Um, and so, you know, contemporary jewelry um, or art jewelry is, you know, usually like not as concerned with like material value or material kind of like use. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually interested in kind of the I, like the idea of jewelry. Like what does mm -hmm. like jewelry mean? Like what mm -hmm. can it be? Um, and that's kind of where where my own research kind of plays. Um, so I make a lot of work that is like wearable, but then mm -hmm. I also make a lot of work that is like sculptural or kind of blurs the line between art, sculpture and design mm -hmm. and using kind of jewelry or the idea of like ornamentation as like a way to think about like how we relate to objects or like how we relate to the things in our life. What drew you in that direction rather than sticking with fine jewelry? Was um, it just more interesting to explore or? Yeah, well, I, I found it, you know, I found it more interesting to explore in my my myself like mm -hmm. I've always been more of like an object maker um yeah I mean contemporary jewelry is like really and like what I'm like interested in is like thinking about like how like the jewelry like how can you take that and like expand it into something different mm -hmm. and you know when I was working in the, the jewelry industry you know I was sitting there like working on the bench doing like stone setting and doing kind of like design work and I just got tired of like sitting there for eight hours a day, like looking at tiny diamonds or looking at big, like setting diamonds. Mm -hmm. um, and I had like this choice of like, you know, is this like the career path that I want to do and like keep on going into this and explore this? Or do I want to kind of go back to school and like look at like explore kind of like art mm -hmm. again? And so that's why I decided to go to grad school. And my graduate degree is actually not in, in jewelry. It's um, in craft and material studies. So it's like a really broad program that was really interdisciplinary and, you know, it was kind of took this approach of like looking at like kind of the like materiality of objects. And so that was a lot of my research in school. Interesting. Did you know about contemporary jewelry when you started thinking like, is this what I want to do forever? Or when were you first introduced to that field? 
Well, I think I was first introduced to it in undergrad. Um, and I mean, that was like the, the only reason was because I couldn't get into any like other art classes. And so I took a jewelry class. Oh, really? So I was many on jewelers the say list. that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's many jewelers say that. It's such a common origin story for so many for, people. Yeah, for yeah. especially contemporary yeah. artists. Like, oh, like, I couldn't do the oh. sculpture thing. So I took this jewelry. And I was like, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, and, and there was something that, you know, made sense about, you know, working with your hands and working with metal in that way that I find like the tactility of that really satisfying. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to give a shout out for my undergrad professor, Annika Smolovitz. Um, who I can guarantee you she's not listening to this. She's, she's, she's going to listen. Not. She will listen to it now. She will listen to it now, yeah. Um, okay. yeah. But right. Annika really, is you know, a really interesting kind of contemporary jeweler um, and, you know, object maker. And primarily, you know, right now she's making a lot of like Judaica and like ritual objects. Um, and she really was the one who kind of like introduced me to like the field of art jewelry. Yeah, that's so cool. And so then when you went to grad school, then you were like, okay, all this materiality and acro across the board of art and design, Yeah, I'm going to just play in all those fields. Yeah. I mean, when I went to grad school, I like made this, like, like a, I don't know, like a promise to myself that I wouldn't like work in metal my first year and that I wouldn't set any stones. You, and would, that I you just wanted to push what you could do. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, like, and that also, like, comes with, like, the, my the graduate faculty, um, Susie Gaunch, who has a background in jewelry as well, but, like, now just makes mostly sculpture out of trash and reused oh. materials. And that was, you know, I was really excited to go and work with her, and I think that really, you know, working with her and, like, other kind of faculty um, in the program really kind of pushed me to, like, look at how you know, just like how to use things that are, we see every day around us. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. She, yeah, she's so, so interesting. She's in the show you just came to at the jewelry library. Oh, right? the pearl, uh, restringing yeah. the pearl. Yeah. Right? She's yes. in that show. Yeah. She's the, the yeah. bottle. Yeah. Caps. Bottle Got caps. it. Yeah, cool. she's really interesting. Mm. So now you do a ton of stone setting. It is true. Yeah. And now <laughs> that's basically so all I do is stone yeah. setting. Um, but like not in a tradition, like, I think uh, people listening who, you know, do stone setting would probably look at the work that I do and be like, wow, you're a really bad stone setter. Like, <laughs> that's like really trashy. Because um, like right now I'm like interested in like how you can take stone setting and make like sculptural objects or functional mm. objects with that. And so, you know, I'm using rhinestones, like vintage rhinestones that I get and creating these like lights with the rhinestones um, that are, I think I had like uh, a studio visit one time and somebody told me that it was like geriatric kitsch. Um, <laughs> geriatric kitsch. Yeah. Love that I love description. that. Right, um, I'm write this down. Maybe we'll call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll call this episode that. <laughs> yeah. I, I also had somebody come by mad yesterday and told me, it was like, oh, this is like grandma's house. Um, <laughs> That's and so I weird. Never, I never thought of that. I, know, I don't It wouldn't have been the first thing that occurred no. to me looking at your stuff when I first sort of encountered and I scrolled all through all the images. It wasn't the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. And I, it, I, think, it's the, I think it's the rhinestones. I think it's the yeah. idea of like kind of the costume jewelry. Like uh -huh. I'm really right. interested in costume jewelry. And the reason why I do the type of settings that I do is because like if you look at costume jewelry, they're always trying to set stones and trying to like create the most streamlined kind of object that doesn't take a lot of work. And so mm -hmm. the work that, you know, a lot of the setting that I do is uh, tab setting where I'm cutting out prongs from the metal and then setting the stone. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's kind of very minimal materials that are required. So, you know, I could start off with like a sheet, a saw blade and the stones in a, 
the drill and you know do the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do see that correlation now that you say that though, because yeah, costume jewelry is is so much about that bling factor too. Yeah, I mean, at least a certain phase of it. Yeah, well, when I think, I think that vintage. yeah, and I think that the rhinestones definitely speak that, and mm-hmm. like kind of that like, you know, grandma's like brooches. Yeah, yeah. my grandma's yeah. Bosnian, so no chance in hell she would ever wear a rhinestone. I just have to say, oh really? Oh, it would yeah. be gold. It would be diamonds. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. But that's just a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love mm-hmm. it. I love yeah. the and, like. I mean, it's funny. My and my grandmother never wore. Both of my grandmas never wore very much jewelry. So, yeah. w- where did this uh, uh, where did the maximum geriatric come? kitsch <laughs> come from then? What, well, I what think was the that, inspo? Well, I think that it's, you know, the inspiration of, like I was saying, um, looking at, like, you know, kind of this idea of, like, kitschy jewelry uh-huh. and, like, this idea of, like, how, like, these, like, things that exist, like, within the world, like, that you kind of, like, overlook because, like, costume jewelry is, like, it's cheap, it's chintzy, it's not, like, you know, it's, I mean, it's now kind of a collector item. Like, there's certain pieces yeah, that are, yes. like, actually very, like, expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think, historically, you know, it's a way to kind of, like, own something that, like, you couldn't, like, maybe afford mm-hmm. before. And so yeah, I yeah. think that there's that idea that, like, you get when, like, you, you're using these materials and they, like, they look really, really fancy. And, like, it's something that you can kind of connect to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like it's interesting, just sort of as you're talking about this, um, it, there aren't any kind of other uh, forms of artistry where we would take that stance and make a judgment about mm-hmm. the actual materials used. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you're just thinking about, you know, objet, like my apartment is full of objet, a variety of them, ceramic, acrylic, mm-hmm. and, you know, God knows what else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some are, you know, Baccarat crystal too. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who would sort of make a judgment about the use of materials in objet like that, right? Right. But it's... But in jewelry. But in jewelry, it's such a different kind of thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting kind of... Um, uh, I, I, do, I don't quite understand kind of the origin of that other than, you know, there's the obvious thing of costume jewelry was meant to, you know... Um, yeah, to mimic. Meant to mimic yeah. fine jewelry and yeah. is therefore considered lesser uh, because of that mm-hmm. element of it. But as an art mm-hmm. form... Well, and I think for a while it wasn't even lesser. Like, the you know, no, in the wasn't. 50s it yeah, became it yeah, yeah, yeah. A certainly its own valued... Um, category of jewelry right Mm -hmm. and I feel like now that category is diminished we refer to things now as fashion jewelry right Um, and it's more about you know achieving a look that is usually like a trend that doesn't last Mm -hmm. but now certainly costume jewelry is valued like you said yeah and I think it it can yeah it it really depends on the designer and it'll be interesting to see how that like might change from like what you see in like at Claire's Mm-hmm. now that is c- kind of considered costume jewelry. It's like the gold-plated or like the yes. you know, copper or brass mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that you can get for, you know, relatively inexpensive and like create a look with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, it's interesting too because we're so inundated in New York with fine jewelry and also working in the industry. It's like a constant conversation about how it is the only type of jewelry. But in reality, fashion jewelry is bringing in tons of money, creating very viable career paths you know Mm -hmm. and and lots of times i feel like that um field is or or that category is also 
not given the credit that it's it, it should be. It's most of America part of buys the market. Yeah, I mean, listen, jewelry. we had that conversation with Mike from Sterling Forever. Yeah. And he's built a massive company. Right. Just selling, yeah. you know, plated things that have mm. to achieve a certain look that is like hot in fine jewelry. And, yeah. you know, that's. And it can, be, it can be made really quickly, too. Yes. Like that's that, right. And it can be made oftentimes with like machines. So, yes. like, yeah. you can, you know. Just knock it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go back to smiley faces. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about this. What? Yeah. That's a very iconic image in your work. Uh, where did that come from? That is, I mean, I think it's an iconic image, like, in kind of, like, contemporary society. Like, mm-hmm. now, I think in terms of, like, like emojis and, like, smiley faces, it's something that we interact with every day. And it's kind of, I'm interested in that in the same way that, like, costume jewelry is, like, this idea of, like, in the zeitgeist of, like, something that you want to achieve. Like, yeah. the the smiley faces are like a way of like communication um, that I find really interesting and really fascinating. And it's really interesting to me that like, you know, it gets represented like in objects or paintings. Like now you can go, like there's so many artists using kind of that lexicon Mm -hmm. of like emojis or like this kind of iconographic communication. Yeah, plenty Um, of fine jewelers are doing like these emoji mm -hmm. collections now too. Exactly, yeah. 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 And so I think part of it is it's in the zeitgeist, but like I was kind of, I was researching it when I was doing a residency at the Baltimore Jewelry Center. And part of my own research is like, I am like, I'm really interested in like objects and like how they exist. And so I spend an insane amount of time just like scrolling through the internet to look at things or like looking for things on eBay. Um, And Mm -hmm. I found this amazing costume jewelry smiley pin um, on eBay from the 80s. And it looks exactly like like the emoji like work that was being made today. And so I decided that I wanted to like recreate that, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a jewelry piece. And then that kind of led to all of this other work. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was interested, I've always been interested in lighting. Um, I'd always joke with my graduate faculty that like if I didn't do art, I would just be a lighting designer instead. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and which is kind of like now, partly what I do. Um, and so I was interested in like the idea of <clears throat> like these rhinestones as like these translucent objects that can be like have light emitted from them and then uh-huh. create these like smiley faces or emojis that s- stare back at you. Yeah. So what have you got to be so smiley about? That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> the, the world, question. I always, so I talk about this in, the, in my talk, um, <clears throat> my artist talk is like the world is like a dumpster fire right now. And so it's like, what yeah. do we yeah. have to be like happy about? Um, and like the smiley face lights actually came about when I was at this last residency that I was at in 2020. But the, the faces, the lights, I started at this residency at Penland School of Craft, um, which I started in the winter of 2020. And I moved from like a city out into rural North Carolina and oh the middle of winter. And it was so dark. I didn't realize like how dark it was. Like there's like oh, no yeah. light out there mm-hmm. um, in, at night. And so like I would like, leave the studio and have to get on my flashlight to try to like find my way like back to the house. Um, and so I was like interested in making these night lights and then they kind of became these like little studio buddies for me that like I made at that like really bleak time that like just really going downhill. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just I'm like you're talking s- to the lights now. Yeah. It's like you made little friends <laughs> out of lights. It's true. When they this yeah. dark place. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And when they sold they it was kind of like it was kind of sad to see them go cuz I was like, oh, there oh, they no, go. My friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Treat them well. Love no. it. Yeah. Jesus. Um, Oh, that's so cute. But yeah. you also make frowns. You, I do. Yeah, I smiles. do make, yeah. yeah. Well, because there's well, a wait, range of Well, wait, you never answered the question. What? 
Oh, what is, what there, is there to, to smile about? Oh, oh what is there to smile? <laughs> well, I think that there's a lot of things to smile about. I mean, I... It's a hard-hitting question. It, yeah. Don't we do long-form, hard-hitting journalism, journalism on the show. Here. You know yeah. that. It's, yeah. uh, it, you know, I think that there is, you know, there's a lot of, like, good things happening, too. I mean, within the dumpster fire of, you know, where we are. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I enjoy the place that I'm at. I'm surrounded by a lot of really amazing creative people, mm -hmm. especially, you know, at this residency, which is... a school that brings in people from around the world to come and work and that community is really nurturing and really mm -hmm. generous mm -hmm. um and i find a lot of joy in that um I've that's i think not to interrupt you but i do think considering the dumpster fire of the world that we do have to find joy in these small circles yeah. i think it's the only way to survive yeah and right? one i think it's it's that connection with people and i think that goes back to the the work and the, the idea of like the smiley faces that you can just like send somebody an emoji and like it has this kind of like range of mo like emotions yeah. and feelings yeah. like depending on like yeah. how it's going that's um, so true i've yeah. been sending a lot this week <laughs> right you're having all the feels about yeah. the show well so i you touched upon something that i wanted to talk about which was community mm -hmm. which i think is a big part of the contemporary um jewelry world mm -hmm. is that it's mm -hmm. a very small world mm -hmm. um for, for better for worse it's it's very insular sometimes but mm -hmm. the community within it is like very supportive and do you find being in these residencies like do you seek that out is the community part really important for you as an artist yeah i think so i mean like the community is like such an amazing like place to like bounce ideas off of like i mean thinking about like how like you know, my work has really evolved since I've been at that residency because of the other like artists and residents that are there, because of the other people who are coming to take classes, um, because of the instructors that I meet. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think every kind of, you know, I think every community, like in, if you're in like industry jewelry, if you're in like art, if you're in craft, like everyone like has their own kind of like communities and they can mm -hmm. be like very nurturing. They can also be toxic at times. Mm. Um, and so I think yeah. like, Anytime somebody it's, says you, that, I think of that SNL skit with Harry Styles. I didn't see that. Did you, do you remember this? No. It was him sort of pretending to be gay, which he always pretends yeah. to be gay. But it's him <laughs> pretending to be gay, talking about how the community is toxic on Grindr or something like that. I don't remember <laughs> no. the joke, but it was funny. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Okay, I'm gonna so that's always I'll the image in my head. Yeah. <laughs> make a make note of that. It's make very it important. Yeah. Very uh, important. Harry Styles pretending to be gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. that about? <laughs> let's, talk, let's have that conversation. Yeah. Let's have that conversation. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we should talk about gay baiting and uh, yeah, yeah, gay yeah, baiting. Yeah. Oh, gay baiters. Yeah, gay baiters. A it's a yeah. thing. How do you guys feel about that? How do you think we feel yeah. about that? I don't want to speak. I'm just asking the question. It, but like, I don't want to speak forever. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I fucking hate it. It's complicated. It's okay. disgusting. It's, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. I yeah, okay. I don't understand it. Ugh. You guys are like, move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, I don't want to talk to you about that straight white. <laughs> Come on, move on. So tell us again your. So you got your master's in 2018, mm -hmm. and then you were like, I do residencies now. Yeah. And so tell us about a. Tell us the residencies you went through because okay. I think our, I know we've said it, but let's repeat it for the audience. Yeah. But also, wh why was that important to you? Yeah. And now you don't really have a home, right? This is like full nomadic lifestyle. You're just like yeah. residency hopping. Okay, okay. What does that mean? With Adam. I, I mean, yeah. No, no, no. Too. I mean, what does I, this we mean? have a house that we live in. Okay, Do you have a home okay. that is uh, on soil? Yes. It okay. is on, it, mm, yeah. okay. 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 
There's yeah. a foundation. So we, yeah. It's built into the ground. Yes. It's got pipes. Yeah. And the residency okay. you're in is three years right now. Yeah, it's it a is long three time. Years. So. And I, we have we actually have a really really amazing house in like up in the mountains of North Carolina. Oh, are you going to stay then? So this is not. I mean, this is not what I would consider a nomad or a nomadic yeah. lifestyle. I right? think the idea of it being kind of more nomadic is that, so, I mean, this, at, at Penland, like, the three years is the first time I've been at a spot for three years um, straight since I moved from Seattle. Okay. Um, so, you know, I moved, I graduated from Virginia Commonwealth University with my MFA, and one of the things that, you know, they don't, well, they, you know this going in, but, like, what do you do with an art degree after you graduate? Because um, there's not a lot of jobs and yeah, ways to make money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, one yeah. of the things is I knew I didn't want to like teach right away, and like I didn't want to teach in like the like you can teach in a university setting, or you can do residencies, um, or you can go back to you know you can work in service, or you can you know you can do a lot of things. Um, but I really wanted to you know do residencies so that I could have time to focus on my work. And so, mm. um, the first you know I applied for a ton of residencies my last year of grad school. Um, and I decided to, you know, do this residency at Aeromont School of Art and Craft, which is another kind of um, school that's based um, on kind of like teaching like different kind of like craft techniques from like mm -hmm. metalsmithing, woodworking, uh, glass, fibers. Um, and they have a year long residency where they invite five artists to come live there on campus and they give them a studio to work. Mm -hmm. um, and so that year, you know, I had this really great studio to work in, like all to myself. Um, and I had a place to stay where I lived with five other resident artists, which was complicated at times. Um, but, you know, it gave me this like opportunity to work that was really, really formative. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I liked doing that kind of like residency circuit. And so after I got done with Aeromont, um, that year I think I lived in like four different states. Um, I moved around oh a lot. Um, and then ended up back up in, in Baltimore at the Baltimore Jewelry Center, which is a, another amazing organization um, that does community classes for jewelry in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And they have a residency program. And so I was there as a resident artist for three, three months, um, making, you know, work and kind of mm -hmm. living in Baltimore. And I think <laughs> that, you know, it was one of those things where it's like every year it was like, where am I going to be next? Like yeah. it wasn't like... It's that an academic lifestyle. It's sad, you know. It's just so that is like you true. never know where the... you're going to end up. Yeah, you kind of you you go where you can mm -hmm. find the work or where you're called on to yeah. work, and that's yeah. sort of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've been a lot of places. I mean, Aramont was one of it was one of the most interesting places because it was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and that was one of those things where I was like, what? Like, no. this is it's an interesting place to live for a year mm -hmm. if you haven't yeah. been. No, I've never been. It's I've where, never had. I've never wanted to go. I mean, but, yeah. it's where Dollywood is, yeah. and I think that's actually where I started that's using true, the rhinestones great. there. And I don't know if that's because oh. like I was just like inundated with like all of this like Dollywood rhinestone glam, Dollywood. Yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, she also saved the world from COVID. Just oh, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. She gave like a million dollars to COVID vaccine research. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know yeah. That. And she really supports that community there. It's really yeah. that's cool. Yeah, and she's the reason they have livelihoods, and she wow. cares a lot about. Like oh, making sure they're paid well and all that stuff. And yeah. Aeromont is one of the best residencies for craft in, yeah. in the US. Yeah, I mean, so Aeromont and Penland, yeah, are like yeah. two of the kind of like bigger like craft schools and institutions like in the country, um, mm -hmm. you know, teaching people and 
Yeah. yeah. Do, Amazing. Do they put all of you to work to make her costumes? No, I, I never met her. That would be a her. smart business model. I that never met her. So I, you set up that institution and then all of them have to make me costumes. Yeah. I really wanted yeah. to meet her. I, there, well, the closest I got to meeting someone famous in Gatlinburg was um, Blake <laughs> Shelton like, bought, like, started a restaurant across the street from Aeromont. Oh and my God. there's I don't this know who like. That is. He's a country singer. Oh. He's yeah. um, married to Gwen Stefani. Oh, and so he's on Gwen, that show. Oh, the, the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice. Yeah. And so yeah, Blake yeah. Shelton and Gwen Stefani took this chairlift up that goes over Aeromont, and like people were like, oh, they're like, right, they're above <laughs> us. <laughs> they're literally above us <laughs> in the sky right now. I um, love it. Yeah. yeah. So, how is the residency going? And what? How far are you along at, at Penland right now? In so, these three years. In the three years, so we're entering in our last year. So okay. the residency wraps up um, in December. Uh, okay. And so it's been like, you know, it's been a wild ride. I mean, we got there in COVID times. Um, they weren't doing their workshops or their classes. And so it was mainly like just the people who work at Penland and then the resident artists and the fellows. Okay. Um, and so it was very quiet. And then, you know, in the summer they do workshops um, and they, every workshop brings in um, session brings in probably around like 250 to 300 people. And so there's a lot of people coming through campus. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of like energy for that. Um, and so that started happening more last year. Okay. Um, well, the typical residency there is pretty short, right? What is the difference between yours and, and what typically happens there? Well, that's a good question. I mean, they've kind of opened up, they've started to change kind of like their residency models on top of the kind of so the residencies are different from the classes that they offer. So the residents mm -hmm. are invited to come there. Um, they've always had a three-year residency since about like the 60s or 70s. Okay. I should know. I should get this right. I know. Um, like you work there. Then. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I technically I don't work there. Right. No. But no, no. Um, but so the residency is uh, like a. I mean, my residency that they. I mean, uh, they provide us with a really big studio and okay. a place to live and. Um, you know, we're just there for three years. And we it's partly there to, like, build out your studio and to build a practice. Okay. And um, they also have short-term residencies in the winter called, like, winter residency. Mm. Um, and so they invite people to come, um, like, in January and December for a couple weeks to do, oh, okay. like, a shorter-term residency in their own studio. So Penland has their metal studio or their right. wood studio or their glass studio that people yeah. can come do that. Let me ask you this um, just for... Anybody who isn't familiar with the structure of academia, mm -hmm. people usually make, you know, a career out of mm -hmm. being in that system. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who isn't familiar with what that looks like mm -hmm. for somebody who's a craft jeweler, yeah. contemporary jeweler, art mm -hmm. jeweler, whatever, all the categories, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is kind of the driving motive and missive for somebody in your position? Because it's sort of, it's very easy to say, you know, for fine jewelers, the missive mm -hmm. is, I want to build a business, I want to make sales, mm -hmm. right? I want to get into stores, maybe I want to do direct-to-consumer e-commerce, I'm trying to accomplish X, Y, Z goals, right? Yeah. Sort of how, just for our audience, uh, what are the milestones, what are the ambitions, what are the goals for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's, I think it's like... Because you're doing the mad show, which has a retail element. Yeah, exactly. Right? So there's... Uh, your work is being sold He has there. a gallery. Exactly. And you, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's where... I mean, it's very similar in terms of like... Well, I mean, you know, looking to build your own kind of practice or your, like mm -hmm. your own artwork. And so that means, you know, I'm 
fortunately and unfortunately, sometimes like you have to sell your work, like you have to make a living. And so mm -hmm. that's, you know, working with galleries, working with collectors. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think like one of the biggest kind of like um, steps forward in my own career was working with Sienna Patty, who is a contemporary jewelry gallery. Mm -hmm. And so she represents mm -hmm. the work and, and sells it. And then I also, you know, was invited to do this show at the Museum of Art and Design, mm -hmm. which has its own retail kind of portion to it. And yes. so, um, you know, I made us, a series of work of jewelry kind of like based around the lights that I was making. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so those are for sale at the museum. And then I have some other galleries that I work with. Yeah. Okay. I think it's more akin to like a contemporary artist yeah. path, right? For yeah. the, for our audience mm -hmm. to understand it's not a typical jewelry industry path. It is, it's artists making yeah. work, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. trying and to, but focus on the practice or yeah and i think different is. people like have different like ways of working too like i mean in the like art jewelry is kind of a broad topic like there's also people who make more production oriented jewelry which mm -hmm. is like that's mm -hmm. something that you go to you can sell at stores like yes. like at catbird or like you could go to like fairs and do like craft fairs and markets yeah. um mm -hmm. and make a living doing that um, right well and i think the show at matt is really like brings together all of those things with uh, under the contemporary jewelry umbrella. I mean, there is fine jewelry there as well, um, of course, but there are those jewelers who are making production work at the show. Mm -hmm. Like you, Stephen KP, are doing very like art-driven pieces, but there mm -hmm. are these jewelers there who have, you know, uh, production lines that yeah. they're showing under the umbrella of a contemporary jewelry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it can kind of, yeah, and there can be sometimes where that blurs the line. Like, I mean, I do, like, some, I, I get approached to do, like, engagement rings every once in a while, and so, mm -hmm. like, yeah. because of my background, somebody, it's usually friends, will be like, oh, can you make me mm -hmm. an engagement ring? And so, like, yeah. there are, there is some of that crossover sometimes. So, yeah. if, if, um, if that is the case, and, you know, for our, uh, the reason I asked that question to begin with is because this question I'm often asked yeah. by people who are in the fine jewelry world and they're just trying to better understand what that whole, uh, this particular space mm -hmm. looks like because it's just not one that they're remotely familiar mm -hmm. with. Um, what is it that you're trying to communicate with your work? Oh, that's a good question. That's a hard hitter. No. <laughs> uh, this is what we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, so I, when, you know, when I was in school and a lot of the research that I do, like, looks at like how like we relate to kind of like the things that we find ourselves around every day and so mm -hmm. like the work that i'm kind of what i'm kind of trying to communicate is this idea that you know these objects that we live with like can tell these like stories mm -hmm. and like have this like personality and i think that's where kind of the the emoji lights come in and like this idea of like kind of like the playfulness of it is like mm -hmm. how we connect with like everything around us and how that kind of like shapes our identity um, i mean a lot of my research in school was focused on like queer theory and gender studies and looking at like how your identity is formed like through you know society and then through kind of not only society but like the objects and the things that we are around every day and mm -hmm. how does um that kind of shape your aesthetic is it an exploration in aesthetic is that sort of the idea or is there um I mean, I know so much of it is uh, to some degree ephemera, but mm -hmm. what is the um, kind of, where do the influences come in from? They, well, they come in from a lot of different places. I mean, I'm really interested in, you know, contemporary design. Like mm -hmm. I think like how, you know, how we relate to like a light or like how we relate to like a table, like how things are made, like in a design aspect is really interesting to me. It has mm -hmm. this really long history of, 
you know, functionality. Like, mm -hmm. it has to work in this certain way. Um, and so, like, kind of making those, like, pieces as, like, the homage that might be, like, trick you into thinking, like, oh, this is just, like, a, it looks like a brooch, but it's on the wall, but yeah. it's actually a light. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so that I find that really interesting and mm -hmm. exciting. So playing with mm -hmm. that kind of visual language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like, um, you know, there's no reason for a digital camera to look the way that it does. Mm -hmm. It mimics sort of an old-fashioned camera, yeah. but in part that visual language of the shape that it yeah. is is communicating to a buyer, this is a camera, Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So using a visual language to <clears throat> communicate something. Yeah. And yeah. like that kind of started, you know, I was invited to do this, um, have this solo show at this LGBTQ gallery in, in Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time I was making jock straps um, out of like found objects. And so I'd make like, I have a jock strap that's made. Were they wearable? Base. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, just like out of things like I've had one made out of baseballs. I had one made out of like uh, knitting, like a like something that you'd find on like a grandma's purse or like I uh, had one that was a crocheted one. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, we'll share them. They're really yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll and them. so I, I started making, along with the jock straps, I started making these stainless steel cups um, and I set the rhinestones in the cups and then I was like, well, what happens? I'm always interested with jewelry is like, what happens when it's not worn on the body? And so these cups were like these things that like get worn in this very specific way. But mm -hmm. then I was like, what happens if this cup just becomes a sconce? And mm -hmm. so it was this idea mm -hmm. of like, this, this sounds really silly, but it's like you wear the cup and then you can take it off and then you can put it on the wall and it becomes a light. And like, yeah. that's something really kind of like <laughs> absurd and like, yeah, yeah. but also like really yeah. funny to me and like mm -hmm. exciting. And so, yeah. um, like, yeah, what happens to the, like these yeah. objects have like multiple lives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is exciting. I remember when you were doing that work and that was when I first, um, was introduced to what you were doing mm -hmm. was that time. And I remember, I remember being excited about this, these ideas you were presenting just visually mm -hmm. before I even knew what you were doing. I was like, oh, wow, this is exciting and new and like makes you, uh, you know, approach the world as art does makes mm -hmm. you approach the world in a new way. Yeah, that's you what know? it ought to do. And I yeah. love art that um, sort of is playful in that way. And I always appreciate function as well. I think that like, you know, I recently I was at uh, a lovely apartment that was I'm not going to give too many this? not lovelier than this not lovelier than I didn't say that in, oh okay I didn't this say this is quite the view I mean I know. this is one of the <laughs> most extraordinary apartments in North Manhattan just mm. so you know but uh, <laughs> the, the <laughs> I, I didn't I never said it was lovelier than this but it was yes. a lovely apartment it was, actually wasn't as nice as this yeah, but okay. owned by much richer people uh -huh. who, than I who had um, an extraordinary collection of fine art mm -hmm. all over the walls uh -huh. and so there was a guided tour I'm trying not to give too many details because yeah, no, I don't no, want no, no, people no. to know what's going Who on it is. Okay. Yeah. so there was a guided tour element right okay. and so we're, we're looking at the art and we're talking about what it means and uh, I, I had said something that uh, the owners had poo-pooed slightly in that um, I, I was talking about you know they were talking about this particular artist and you know this work is about race and et cetera, mm -hmm. and this artist's experience being a black man in the South, blah, 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 mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So there was a, a story about sort of every piece and a, and a rhyme and a reason for um, why they ended up collecting it. Um, and I had at a certain point said sort of what I love about what I do and sort of what I've learned to appreciate about commercial work and what I've learned specifically to appreciate about co commercial photography is it's an 
exploration in beauty and that's it right and that there is something to just exploring beauty for beauty's sake right and that there's um you know a variety of intellectual exercises you can have just thinking of it in those terms sort of and why it's beautiful and you know Mm -hmm. all of that uh, without having to have a kind of greater more profound meaning how do you feel about that ever (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I feel good. I mean, I feel good about it. I mean, you can, I think that's like, I mean, I think that's what's interesting about design is that, you know, you can create these pieces or you can do, you know, like commercial photography that, you know, somebody like falls in love with an object and like falls in love with, you know, a, a bracelet or a necklace or a light. And, mm-hmm. you know, it can be, you know, because of its like design, it can be because of like who made it. I think that like, you know, there's these things that like transcend, like the Eames chair is like, Iconic, yeah, of course, right? Yeah. Because like, you know, it function. It's like this. Like it, when you sit in it, it's great, but it also yeah, yeah. looks amazing. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah. And so, and I think that there's a lot of people like doing really interesting work with like with that now, like blurring that line between art and design. Like mm-hmm. I think, like somebody I'm really excited about is like um, Katie Stout, who does the ceramic, these like really amazing ceramic yeah. sculptures that are mm-hmm. also lights, um, mm-hmm. yeah. that are just like are they're so fabulous. Um, yeah. And she shows at Arm Company where you showed during Jewelry Week. Yeah, she yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. And she's just reminding you again yeah, that you left Jewelry you. Week, week out. Of and Arm Company, it yeah. just reminded me. That's you should yeah. add Arm Company. I, yeah. yeah, sure. Two, <laughs> yes. two. Yeah. Not a bad. I mean, place. that was only a pop-up show, so I would. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh I, I, God! No, just, just do it. Okay. Just wow. do it. And I just feel like <laughs> if I claim Arm Company, they'll come out. They'll be like, "No, we don't show your work." They, they, they know who we are. Yeah. Put it on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was great. Um. Do you have, are you selling a piece right now? Because you got a text. Do you need to respond to that? No. Because you're not supposed to be here. And I just realized maybe. This is a clandestine podcast mission. I was like, maybe there's a collector there and you should take that call. By the way, I did notice him (laughs) pick up his phone and text on numerous occasions while we were conducting this interview. No, no, no. I wasn't nervous. Yeah. Oh, I was. I was I like, was oh, furious. God. You were, I, I saw, like, you were like giving me the side. I, mean, I was you were like, looking at me like, <laughs> the fuck is so interesting Because I was like, there. he's going to get in trouble. And it's our fault. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you better get out of here. No, yeah. I mean, I left that. I left, you know, I left the show. Um, Which you're so not I supposed get, to do for yeah. our audience. You're yeah. supposed and, to be there. Uh, I gave my, I like, you gave everyone my number. I was like, if you need me, call me. Yeah. Um, but it's actually not that. I'm on this oh, like good. text chain with my partner. And there's like, it's blowing up right now and I have no idea what's oh, going on. Oh, you were nervous. You're like, oh no, an yeah, emergency. I keep on thinking that it's something Dumpster with fire Mad. of the world. Yeah. yeah. You're like, it's, oh, it's, it's just my, not. it's just Adam dude. You're like, stop texting, texting me. me, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I, okay. Because I was just like, oh God, like maybe, yeah, maybe the collectors are there. Get out yeah. of here. He should I mean, be more worried about me <laughs> than about yeah. Matt. Just saying. Just Can you saying. imagine? One is a we're like here. Yeah. That's true. Alan is scary. What's coming up next for you? What do you, what you got? Um, that's like well so I have to plug um, Sienna um, (laughs) and Sienna Potty like uh, so after this show I'm um, making a piece for her that will be kind of displayed this summer Um, and so if you're in the Berkshires or um, Lenox Massachusetts um, you should go by and see that gallery anyways because Sienna has like an amazing amazing collection of art jewelry jewelry and like just really interesting um, objects. Mm-hmm. We and were just talking about trying to get her on the pod. Yeah. Actually. We well, were. we're still, we're, it would be, it'll probably be like end of July. Okay. So. You'll send us okay. the details. We'll announce it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks for being yeah. here. Thank you guys Thank so, you so yeah, much. This was really wonderful. It Thank was you. really was fun it? and interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I had a good time. What? 
I'm being rude. I'm not being rude. I'm not saying he wasn't wonderful. I'm just saying this was wonderful for you. Okay. It, it's fun. It was All fun, right? right? Yeah, great. Okay. I have this great view. Well, I know. Yeah, that's yeah. a good seat to be in. Yeah, I'm very rich. Yeah. yeah. Okay, make sure we get that part in. <laughs> we didn't say that yeah. at once. Like, I know. Thank I God know. we got that in. All right. Okay, do you want to do a little sign-off there in an Australian accent? No. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for being here. This has been Rough Cut. I'm JB Jones. Goodbye. That was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. Okay, wait, let me just okay. pee really quick. You go we'll pee do... and then we'll do. I almost knocked over my water there. <gasps> oh I'm my sorry. god, that sound. <laughs> I, I like gesticulate <laughs> as I talk. Oh my god. He's complaining about sounds, but I'll let you know that uh, his phone rang on a recent episode and that then he answered it on air. You are such a liar. <laughs> Did you just Why cut that are out? you lying? It's it's in the p- people have heard it. No, they <laughs> haven't. They've heard nothing. You are a liar. Okay. If that, I, I mean, won't, it's ins- I won't get it's, the that. stories she makes up. It's insane. Yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. It's and, insane. And she doesn't buy you presents. <laughs> no. So, yeah. That part. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, no. That part. But um, 